0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. I want you to share this, and I shared a little bit last week. We were talking about addictions. We're in week four, and so we're concluding, you know, the things that are never talked about in church, or you can't say that in church. And I looked at this, and there's one scripture that's really been an encapsulating scripture through all four weeks. And uh, last week I shared with you, you know, one of my struggles was, was pornography until um, the age of 21, and, and God really took, delivered me out of that, and I know He can for you, and my prayer is today that if you're in that, He can do that for you. Um, but I want to show you this scripture. If you can put that scripture up, um, it says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 5. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church of Corinth, and he said, for though we live in the world... We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We've been talking about what that is. We fight with, you know, all different spiritual weapons. It says, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take what? Captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. All right, and so here, here's, here we are, week four. I want to give you the secret of success, of overcoming addiction, of overcoming sexual stronghold, of overcoming you know our mental health, which we talked about a couple of weeks, overcoming the doubt that you have in the season that God has for your life. If you're with me, say yeah. yeah. All right, so I need I need somebody to do, I need a volunteer. Just first one up here. Somebody, just run up. Somebody, just run, just run, oh, run quick. All right, stand right here. Are you excited? I'm about to tie your daughter up on stage. Can I hear an amen? So. Yeah. All right, so how are you Jasmine, are you good? Okay, so here's the deal, here's what I wanna look at is this, Stro- you have to be quiet now. So here's the deal, strong, can you do that? I'll try, all right, all right, so here's the deal. I believe that when we look at what we have as captivity versus a stronghold, there's two different things we're looking at. And so we all have, you know, Bible says we've all fallen short of God's glory. In other words, we've all screwed up, all right? Hey, who's screwed up today, don't raise your hand. Um, said don't raise your hand okay and so here's the deal what we deal with we all deal with sin so just hold this rope okay just hold it like that so we all have sin that we hold on to that we don't know exactly how to deal with we're we have it okay it doesn't have us entangled yet we're kind of flirting with it we kind of you know are messing around with sin but it really hasn't gotten a hold of us and so this sin we have to take captive if we don't take our sin captive what can take place is this are you ready all right, here, once you hold this? Oh, your mom's so excited right now. What what can happen is that, hold it tight, don't let go, because I'm about to make it so you can't move. Um, and, and what what happens is our sin, when it gets a hold of us, it goes from being just something that, you know, is captive. Let's we'll go up here and around the neck. I won't pull it tight, don't worry. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay, and uh, What happens here, I'm not going to do this whole thing because it's like 50 feet long, all right? But what happens is this, and this becomes what's known biblically, I'm getting dizzy, so let's go like that, is this, this becomes a stronghold, okay? What is a stronghold? Well, it's a biblical word that we all go around saying, how's your stronghold week this, you know, this week? No one talks like that, all right? And so when we take this biblical word stronghold, which we're going to look at a sexual stronghold today, what happens is, and we're talking about sexual stronghold, is it can get a hold of us so much that it can actually control us. It can actually move us, twist us around, and it becomes so tangled. You, there, okay? All right, give it up for Jasmine. You can, will you bring that back and untangle yourself? So, I want you to see that because a lot of times we think, well, I'm holding on to this in. I'm just going to look at a little bit of porn. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to flirt a little bit, I'm just going to go a little too far with my girlfriend. And then what happens is all of a sudden it's entangled you and you're going, I've got this stronghold and I don't know how to deal with it. And so what I want to talk about is this. I want to talk about that stronghold, okay, that almost all of us have dealt with at some point. Maybe you're going, I haven't dealt with the sexual stronghold, but you've dealt with some kind of stronghold within your life. A stronghold is simply this. It's not just sex, but it's anything that won't let you go. Okay? You saw Jasmine, she let go of the rope, but she's still untangling. Her mom's like wrapping it up right now, if you see. Okay, So it takes a while because it, it entraps you, it encamps you, it gets you, and you're going, how do I deal with this? How do I get rid of this stronghold? Um, basically, another word for it is you're a prisoner to your sin. You're going, I want to deal with this. I've been trying to lose weight. I've been trying to deal with this pornography. I've been trying to deal with this sin issue. You fill it in. And, and you're going, I can, just cannot break free from this. I cannot figure out how to do this. That's a stronghold, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. And so as we end this series today, the answer to all, okay, to think about is this. Whether it's doubt, mental health, addiction, sexual stronghold, any stronghold you deal with is to take it captive. If you go back to that verse for one second, that'd be great. Okay, we take captive every thought, and then what do we do with it? We put it into captivity, and we make it, Obedient to Christ. If you're with me, say yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. I want us to get all in the same uh, field of play today, because when you deal with sexual sin, you have shame and guilt that no one else knows about. Some of you right now have it this morning. Let's let's just face the truth. And and you're going, well, I'm, I feel guilty and I feel shameful. And then some of us are going, well, I don't deal with sexual sin. Can we just put us all on the same playing field this morning? Can we do that? Let's look at it from a world perspective. All right. We'll get everybody on the same page. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation in Christ, all right? There's freedom in Jesus. And so here it is. Today, I believe firmly that in our world, we are under sexual assault. Constantly. Constantly. Think think about it. You know, my wife has my phone right now. You know, we're taping this on Facebook Live right now. Either of those phones, I can go, and within minutes, I can find stuff that shows you we're under sexual assault. Right now, while I'm preaching. I could go on safari, and I could find stuff. I could be there. And, you know, I could walk to the mall. I could go to the beach in a few months. And, uh, you know, out there. You know, guys, on the beach, what are we doing with our eyes? Like, woo, you know, it, all of that. We're under assault constantly. Now, I'm not mad, but what I have to do is I have to realize that I'm living in a world that's not really created for me as a Christian. Sex... When not outside of God's ways, it's destroying people's lives, okay? And the church has been really stinking quiet about it. Well, I'm done being quiet about it, okay? And so here's what I want to say. The Bible actually predicts this, okay? The Bible predicts a lot. There's a lot of prophecies in the Bible. And and if you think the Bible is like boring, bad, yeah, you're reading it. Because <laughs> there is so much within the Word of God that God... reveals to us about what's happening, even in our culture today. Some of you here believe we're living like in the last moments before Christ returns. Some of you believe he's coming a little bit later. All we can say for sure is that Jesus is coming sooner today than he was yesterday, right? That's what we know for sure. If we start, you know, debating on what day he's coming back, somebody smacks somebody then, because that's not biblical truth. We don't know. And so when we get into The book of Luke here, Jesus makes a really cool saying. And uh, I don't know if you'll see this, so let's unpack it just a little bit. It's verses 26 through 29 in Luke chapter 17. The Bible predicts a generation that will actually become even more promiscuous than the days before Christ or the Old Testament days. Check check this out. Let's see if you can see this. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man people were eating they were drinking they were marrying they were being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark then the flood came and destroyed it destroyed them all and we paint that in our nurseries for our babies okay it was the same in the days of lot people were eating and drinking buying and selling planting and building but the day lot left sodom that's a city in the bible fire and sulfur rained down that's really sucky from heaven and destroyed them All that was my paraphrase what in the world did these two stories have in common like it has some common themes and some common threads but the story of Lot and the story of Noah are two very different stories of what God did to redeem his people there's only one thing there's only one now they they're both deal with sexual sin that was happening but there's one thing and it's even a root to that sexual stronghold that we see today And that's that the people in the day of Lot and the people in the day of Noah, okay, you ready for this? They had a I don't care attitude. I'm going to do whatever I want to do, whenever, however I want to do it. And Jesus said, basically what he's saying here is when you see that again in your culture, know that I'm coming back really soon. Now, do we see this today? I'll leave that up for you. So, what I want to do here before I dive into some more of the meatier content is this. My message today, as I warned you last week, is PG 12, okay? And uh, it's not quite PG 13, it's PG 12, all right? So, if, if you have a kid in here and you're like, la, 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 um, we have kids ministries zero up to fifth grade, okay? Because we are going to get a little dicey, all right? So, if you're going, if you want to take like a minute, now would be that great minute. We've got great kids ministries. Otherwise, it's all on you now, all right? So you've been warned. Um, Let's do this. One more thing is this. I want to remove the stigma of this topic that we're looking at today. How how many feel like there is that stigma that comes with sexual strongholds? You feel like there's a little bit of a stigma, you know, with sexual strongholds? Let's say this. Every single one of us, okay, as I said, has sinned or we've we've screwed up why do we want to do that no we live in a fallen world and every single one of us every one of us here has some kind of stronghold and here's how we we can prove that is because every one of us wants or desires to be free of certain things in our life can i hear a good amen if that's true okay so let's begin our little topic on sex we saw a few people grab their kids which is awesome let me say this God created sex. Thank you. I got a couple of amens. I thought there'd be more. All right. So, hey, here's what's, here's what's interesting. I love that the person that said amen is closest to the Facebook live right now. That's just my favorite. So, so why is it that in today's society, in today's world, we think, we, we think this. We think, well, sex is ugly. It's dirty. So save it for the person you love. Does that make any kind of sense? I don't think so. I don't think. And, and can we say this? Hey, bro, hey sis. Hey, hey, my brother from another mother, my sister from another mister.. Um, ain't none of us would be here if it wasn't for sex. I'm just saying I'm just saying, so hopefully we're lightening in the mood a little bit because we're about to dive in. Um, God is pro-sex, OK? He is pro-sex. He created it. It was his idea. You know, God's a long time ago in the galaxy that we live in, he said, I like sex and we're gonna and we create this. And so he created it. Now I'm gonna be PG twelve. Scripture? Oh, it's not. <laughs> scripture's like between R and C seventeen, a little bit out there. Let me let me show this to you. Okay? Some scriptures rated R. I'm gonna give you one of them here this morning. It's in Proverbs chapter five, verses eighteen and nineteen. It says this May your fountain be blessed. And may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Hey, hey, if you're feeling uncomfortable right now, you're feeling uncomfortable with God's word, not me. Okay? So if you're like all this, I'll see you this week in my office so we can work things through, okay? Because God wants you to have an incredible sex life. He wants it to be the greatest thing, man. If you are married, you know, and sex is between a husband and a wife, if that's you, you have an incredible gift that God has given you, okay? And so use it. Steward it well. Guys, we should say amen right there, okay? All right. So right in this verse, it says, may you ever be intoxicated with her love. That's beautiful. May you be like drunk with her love, but it's actually not the word here for drunk. You know what this word here means? This is what's really interesting. We talk about taking captive our thoughts. This word right here, intoxication within the scripture, it actually means to take captive, to be captivated by your wife. You want to have control over sexual stronghold, be captivated by the right thing, not the wrong thing. God wants you to be captivated by her. Now please, 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 embrace this today okay some of us come from past where you've had addiction to pornography you've had you know premarital stuff that's like way above anything that anyone else has and and maybe you're feeling guilty i don't want you to feel guilty today i want you to feel like there's hope i want you to feel like there's a loving god and a loving church and a loving pastor that says i'm here for you let's walk together through this okay um we also have to realize that god has life thing life-giving things to say about sex some of you, it, it says like, um, I think it's 25% of all women have been sexually abused at one point in their life, okay? If that stat's true, that means some within this room right now have, and if that's the case, you're not going to believe right away that sex is life-giving, okay? That's going to take a while. Allow us to walk along with you with that. Allow us to be the church, okay? Okay. Um, We've looked at this whole series, and one of the things that I keep going back to is we keep saying Christ has got to be the center of your life, okay? Not sex, sex can't be the center, addiction can't be the center, but we've gotta have Christ as the center, okay? And I think sometimes we can easily say, well, you know, I, I'm not really into this, whole Christ is the center thing, you know? I, I believe in him, but I'm believing in him because I don't wanna go to hell. Well, that's probably not the right motivation, okay? If you believe in Christ, you won't go to hell, you'll have eternal life. Um, But then I think we say, well, God, we kind of do this. You know, God, come be a part of what I'm doing, but not the center part of everything that I am. You know, and God's saying desperately today, especially through this, he's going, I want to call the shots. And some of us are saying, no. No. If God loves you and he's for you, why would we not want him to call the shots? Let him call the shots. That's putting him at the center. Romans 1. I love this. Paul talks about, he says, what we worship is the thing we become. And he says, if we worship the wrong thing, we're going to miss what God has for us. Okay, I don't have that on the screen, but worship, when he's talking about this, is worship is not like what we did up here. and Our band did a great job. It's not the worship music. It's our posture. Are we surrendering ourselves to Christ's authority? That's what worship is. It's not, it's not the music. Um, anytime we look at a topic like this, like we did last week, I want to give you the lies and then how to overcome the lies, okay? Last week, I gave you the lies and the truths. This week, I want to give you the lies and then how do we overcome these lies? So if you're with me, everybody say number one. Number one. All right. Number one lie. Sex is an animalistic action. It's a lie. See, the world, you know what the world says? The world says you are your feelings, Okay. Can I just tell you, man, if all of us acted out our feelings all the time, it would be mass chaos. Your feelings don't always tell you the truth. Your feelings lie. It's not always right. And so we can't realize that we're our feelings. We have to realize we are God's. Okay? We are God's child. Okay? We are made in the image of God. If I followed my feelings, you know, it would be an animalistic thing. What does the world say sex is? What what does the world even call the sex talk? We're going to have the what? The birds and the what talk? Birds and the bees. It's animalistic right there. That's not what it is. It's so much more. It's so deeper than that. And so I think what God wants us to do is realize that because if we follow our feelings, we're going to end up in trouble. We're going to end up flirting with things that we shouldn't be flirting with because we just define it as animalistic rather than this life-giving gift that God has for us. Number two. Everybody say number two. Well, it's recreational. Sex is a recreational activity yeah yo bro man it was like spring break dude and she was so fun man we were on the beach i don't remember her name but dude we we're just on spring break it was vacation <laughs> i'll see you next week buddy <laughs> no it's not just recreation okay god so desired union beyond the physical you know well the bible says the tool become flesh pastor chris that's that's about the physical isn't it <laughs> no it's not it's so much more because the two actually beco- start to become one. It's actually, here's the cool part. If you look at Christianity and you look at science, it actually lines up. The cool thing about science is it's actually starting to prove that when a man impregnates or the, the sperm goes into the woman, we're not going to get into all that, but when that happens, actually the DNA over the lifespan of that couple will actually start to change and be more like each other. Science, That's science. I'm not, I'm not a scientist. That's incredible. What does that say about the importance of this? It's not just a recreational, like, you know, boom, 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 boom. No. We have to elevate the importance of what it is and how awesome of a thing that it is. Number three, sexual stronghold lie. Sex is an isolated event. Can I just say it's not something we can click on and click off and then click on again and click off again. It's not just one thing. Another way of saying this is whatever happens in Vegas finish it stays whatever happens in vegas stays in vegas is that the truth no it's not you know what the truth is whatever happens in vegas comes to the counseling room with me that's the truth okay hey, hey pastor we need to meet now ends up in the counseling room now i want to say this if you're going pastor i feel so guilty i, I don't want you to feel guilty the word of god says there is now no condemnation for those that are in christ jesus There's no condemnation. And so we've got to get over this thing like, man, I I can never have freedom from this. God wants you and desires you. And he wants you to have freedom. He's just saying, hey, will you allow, will you let me untangle that rope, untangle that stronghold that so has you right now? Number four, lie. Sex is just physical. Sex is not just physical. How many know that? How many have experienced the fact that sex is not just physical? You know, it's not. I, I, I see a lot of great couples within our church that have been married years, and I've learned from them. I've talked to them. I've asked them questions. I get to know those that have gone before you. You know, get to know their story. Ask them. And every time I, you know, get to know one of these couples, I see that even their life, that they're together, you know, they love each other. And they've been through a lot of this, guys and gals. But it's not just physical. It's spiritual sex is a spiritual thing in fact you can put that to everything that you're facing in life okay more of your life is spiritual than you realize you don't realize that you are a spirit being and i think so often in our world today because we're so ingrained in our culture you know what culture tells us culture says you um, you're a excuse me you are not an earthly being let me just say this you're not an earthly being having a temporary spiritual moment okay you're a spiritual being having a temporary earthly moment. Okay? You're a spirit being. You're not an earthly. This is not your home. All right? And so sex, when we talk about sex, sex is the highest form of pleasure or fulfillment. Okay? Um, and, and so enjoy the fire. Enjoy it. But you know what God wants us to do? He wants us to put the bricks around it. All right? You know what the, the, the Hebrew word is for sex? You know what it is? Boom, chicka, wah, wah. That's what it is. No, I'm kidding. That's not what it is. All right. So, I said, make sure you were with me still. All right. It's between one woman and one man. God wants to put the pizzazz back in it, man. All right. Real love. It's a commitment, by the way, not to a feeling, but to a person. You know, I have two pastor friends of mine, and they both, uh, both of their spouses passed away, and then they married, they ended up marrying each other. And, uh, if you talk to them about sexual sin, it's incredible because at the last year of both of their spouse's life, um, because of the radiation therapy, they, they couldn't have intercourse. They couldn't do it. And uh, I said, how, how was that? And they said, you know what? We weren't, we weren't committed to a feeling. We were committed to each other. That was amazing to me, the sacrifice that they made to just stay with each other during that time. Let me say this. I haven't really talked about pornography, but pornography, it will affect the intimacy of your marriage. And so talk, guys, talk to another guy. Say, hey, help me. Walk through with me on this one. In fact, here's what it says, and I love this. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, it says, do you not know that your bodies, talking physical body right now, are members of Christ himself? Let me ask you, does that sound physical or does that sound spiritual? Okay? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never, never. God is saying that us as the church... We would not put these things together with a prostitute. He's taking two complete opposite things and going, you're not going to unite these together. It's not going to work, okay? Actually, the word right here is glue or to bond something together. And so if you start getting close to something, if you start getting to a place you shouldn't be at, run! Run! I had a youth leader once, and he used to share with me that when him and his wife were dating, what they would do is one of them would scream orange juice. I'm like, what? What? And if they if they're kissing, they are going too far, one of them would just be like, orange juice! And they would get up from the couch, and they would go, and they would both slam a glass of orange juice, and they'd be laughing so hard that it, it changed the moment. It protected them before they got married. I'm like, that's awesome. That's really crazy stupid, but it's awesome. So whatever works, man. But let me say this. To those of you right now that are here, that you're dealing with pornography, you're dealing with some kind of sexual stronghold, can I just say that I don't care what what it is you're dealing with. I don't even care what level of falseness that you've bought into. I don't care because I'm not shocked and nor is God. He's not shocked. He's not here to condemn. He's not here to say, shame on you. That's not God's voice. God's voice is an accepting voice and I will walk with you. You know, what's interesting here, we talk about pornography and the Bible really doesn't address pornography because it wasn't a thing of the day. You know, there was no printing press yet. There was no internet, you know, God hadn't created El Gore Um, but the uh, some of you got that Um, the word that we get pornography from is pornea and all that means, pornea all it means is any kind of sex outside of marriage that's all it is Okay, that's all it is when you get close to sin, run so let me give you the four ways to overcome here in the remainder of our time number one Make a commitment to God's ways. Make a commitment to his ways. You know, some of us get in this habitual pattern where we continue to try something and we fail and we feel like we're stuck. We looked at it last week. That's a myth. That's not true. There's always hope. There's always hope. You don't have to feel it either. Well, I don't feel like I can commit to God's ways. Feelings aren't the truth, man. You could choose it, though. Don't make it a feeling. Make it a choice, okay? God knows what he's doing, believe it or not. He knows what he's doing. And so turn around, make a 180, start going the other way. And can I just say this in this whole topic? God's arms are like open so wide and he's going, I'm just waiting for you. Church is the same way. Let me pick on our church for just a moment. We have a phenomenal church body that if any one of us came up and shared, you know, one of the things we were dealing with with somebody else, I've never seen this in our church. Every single time, all I've seen is somebody say, hey, let me walk with you, or I know somebody that's dealt with this, and we start hooking them up, you know, and people give to families in need, and people with addictions start hooking up with other people with addictions, and that's the church. We're not just doing church, we're being the church. That's awesome, so let's give God some praise for that. Come on, somebody. Come on. Make a commitment to God's ways. Let me say this. No longer let your sexuality define you. When I say that, I'm not talking about how you were created, you know, in the image of God we were created, male and female He created. I believe that. But what I'm saying here is this. Don't let your sexual stronghold define you. Let God's restoration define you. His restoring power. Number two, manage your minds, okay? How many are like, ah, kid, I hate managing my mind. Don't raise your hand, all right? That's all of us. We struggle with that. If we didn't, we wouldn't have any sin issue. We all struggle with managing our minds. And if you let your sinful nature control you, it will bring about death. But if the spirit of God controls you, it will bring life. You gotta turn it around. Say, God, I give you control. Start managing your mind. All right, I wanna talk to just parents for just a moment. Do you know the average age... Go ahead guys, you can come on up here. Everybody's looking at you, so come on. All right, the average age that a person sees pornography for the first time. Average age. 10 to 11. That's average. So some are lower, some are higher. Parents, I want every parent looking at me right now. Don't ignore the worship team behind me. They're going to play some beautiful music in a moment. We're going to pray and sing, and it's all going to be great. But I want you to stay with me right now. Every parent in here I don't care if you homeschool your kids right now. I don't care if you private school your kids, you charter school your kids, your online school, or your public school like I do. I don't care. Here's what I care about right now. Is this. In the 20 years of ministry, the one thing that I have seen over and over and over is parents being naive. Don't be that parent. Be the one that has open communication with your kids. Don't shame them. But say, hey, I'm here. Talk to me, man. It's free grace. It's open. You can come and talk to me anytime. Don't be the parent that goes, well, I know my kids. My kids go to church. My kids are homeschooled. No, your kid is not above anybody, you know? And so we have to realize not to be naive. Number three, everybody say number three. Maintain healthy relationships. Ladies, I want to pick on you for just a moment. If you're a lady, this is going to be a serious moment, just for a second. I want you to look up here. If you know that you're in a relationship you shouldn't be in, okay, and you're going, I need to get out, you gotta do it now. You gotta run. I I want you to experience and have the freedom right now to know that you need to run. If you're in a relationship that you shouldn't be in, run, in fact, if you're in one that you know you shouldn't be in, I want you to text him right now and say, it's done, it's over, and you run away, okay? I want you to have that freedom because God values you. Find your security in Him. In Him. When we talk about maintaining healthy relationships, don't just try to stay away from the wrong ones. Find the right ones. Have some protective allies walking along. I have an accountability partner. He's been my accountability partner since I was 16. We get together as much as we can. You know, He has three kids. We have five. And and we, How are you doing? How are you, you keeping your eyes pure? Yeah, how, how are you doing? Yeah, how, how are you doing with this? Oh, I'm struggling here a little bit. You? Yeah, a little bit. Let's pray for each other. You've got to have those in your life. You have to be able to take the mask off and just be honest with somebody. You know, the Bible says we're to confess our sins to each other. You know, we're to pray for each other. And let me just say this. When it comes to prayer, Satan will try to limit your praying because Satan knows your praying will limit him. Start praying, confessing. Last one, everybody said number four. Here we go. Last one. Number four. You are not being delivered from something. You are being being delivered to someone. I know it says something, but you're being delivered to someone. Okay? And so what we have to realize is that every single one of us has a purpose that God has for us. And so we have to magnify what God's plan is for our lives. Whatever that looks like. Whether it's ministry, whether it's freedom from an addiction or, or freedom from something that we're dealing with mentally. Okay, whether it's freedom from our doubt to actually believe, whether it's freedom from a sexual addiction going, God, I just need freedom from this stronghold that so has got me tangled up. Magnify your purpose in Christ and allow him to give that to you. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.